Welcome to the Autism Mommies Potty Talk Podcast. I'm Michelle B. Rogers, Autism Mom and Life Coach. I help parents of children with autism who are pre-verbal to start communicating and potty train, guaranteed. You are listening to the Autism Moms Potty Talk Podcast, Episode 24. Okay, today I want to talk about rewards. One of the biggest uh, things we discuss when you join the masterclass and I'm working with parents privately, we talk about reward systems. And I want to uh, myth bust the thoughts about rewarding our children and, and how it may seem like bribing or, or training a dog. I really could give a fuck because if I can get my child potty trained and I can get my child communicating, rewards have been the key to everything that I've taught my daughter, actually even how I've raised my son. So let's knee, let's dive knee deep into the idea of what rewards really mean, how they're helpful, and one of the biggest rewards out there, one of the most powerful rewards that parents just relinquish their power to, which is the iPad. First, let's talk about how rewards are presented in my home. So rewards in my home um, are always provided in response to them doing a behavior I like. So it could be um, you clean the table and you get to go outside. You uh, uh, put your clothes away and you get iPad time, right? So basically what, how it's constructed is that they do something I like and in exchange for doing something I like, I reward them with something of high preference. And that's kind of the concept of how I've really taught Juliana a lot of things. And I want to come back to the belief about behavior. Behavior, I believe, is the primitive language of all species, right? Even before you can talk, your behavior really can be your voice. And for our kids on the spectrum, that's a big deal. Most of our kids on the spectrum struggle to get vocal language. So while we're working on building out the muscle of them becoming vocal, we have to work on getting the, uh, to, to communicate with them. And they communicate through behavior when their language hasn't developed yet. So, knowing that that is the language of all children, now that I understand that they're speaking in behavior, I want to shape that behavior and get a lot of behaviors that I like and get rid of any behaviors I don't like while I'm trying to build out their actual vocal language. So, one of the best ways to do this is through a reward system. And I use a reward system for everything. I use a reward system for potty training. I use a reward system to help a child to stop running away. I use a reward system to get a child to try new foods, uh, to, to help them with their communication skills. Rewards are the bomb diggity in my home, okay? Now, some of you have a belief that a reward system is like bribery, or a reward system is like training a dog. And here's the thing. That's optional for you to think that, right? Would I say that potty training my child is very different than potty training my dog? Probably not. But like at the end of the day, if the result is the child gains this valuable life skill, is it helpful for me to shit on the way that I do it? Now, if the child is happy, we're not beating a child, we're not uh, demeaning a child, we're not making them, not screaming at a child. I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of any of that, right? If this can be done in a happy, loving way, is it helpful to think that it's bribery or it's like training a dog? 
Okay, so that's the first thing we want to kind of shelve. Like, it's optional to think that, but like at the end of the day, if it gives your child a valuable life skill, puts them on the path, one step closer to a path of a life of independence, then why would you have a problem with that? Why would you choose to think that this is a, a problem? Okay, so now the next thing I want to talk about is one of the best rewards that has ever invented in the history of reward inventions, and that is the iPad. It could be the tablet, the iPad, the computer, the video game system, the phone. They are the most, one of the most powerful rewards that I've ever come in contact with from not just my children, but the majority of the families I work with. All their kids love those electronics. And guess what? You love them too, right? You're on your phone constantly. I can't believe how much I'm on my phone. That thing started telling me how much screen time I had. I was ready to jump off a bridge. I had no idea how much we are attached to our phones. So we know that they were made to be addicted. Addictive, right? And we know that it would be natural if we're addicted to them, that our kids are too. Anytime I see something like an iPad in my kid's life, and if I try to take it away, and it causes like a gremlin-like behavior where they start going nuts, that's really fascinating to me. Because they say, oh, this is something of high value. How can I use this to help parent them? How can I use this to my advantage? I have parents on both sides of the spectrum will say, the iPad is so disruptive. When I take it away, they go absolutely violent mad. I had a mom tell me that her kid tried to burn down her house, right? She, she said that if I, and I think she was just joking, but that's where her brain was going. If I take the iPad away and I start using it for a reward system, my child will burn down my house, right? Their brains are going right to like the worst case scenario of taking this iPad away. And I want you to think, you know what? That could potentially be a response, but that's a heightened response, right? Nobody can stay pissed off, angry, throwing shit, tantruming for days on end. I say about an hour tops is the most I've ever seen. And that's because the reason why it went so long is because the parents have always given in. Do you understand what I'm saying? When we give in to a tantrum or we give in to that type of behavior, we instantly make a neural pathway connection to the child that tantruming, throwing shit, getting angry gets me what I need, even if it only happens one time. That's how deep of neural pathway we'll build, especially for our kids on the spectrum, because their behavior is their language, right? And so we can teach them how to communicate functionally. Their behaviors of throwing tantrums is their language. So I'll have parents on both sides of the spectrum. I'll have parents that say, listen, do you think I'm going to use this for a, a reward system? You're out of your mind. I can't. We need it. We use it every day. She'll lose her mind if I take it. And then I'll have parents say, that the violence that we saw when this iPad was a part of our lives was so bad that we're going to get rid of it altogether. And what I want to say is let's meet in the middle. Is there a way that we can use this powerful device to our advantage? Now, I could look at the iPad and say this thing is a fucking disaster and I don't want anything to do with it, good or bad, right? Either I don't want to have any control over it, I don't want my child to have free reign over it, or I'm so scared of it, I'm so scared of its power that I'm going to take it away at all. What I'm saying is, is that if our babies speak in the language of behavior, and this thing is as valuable as it is to you and me, let's all be real, I'm sure all of us have a phone that we might even be listening to this podcast on, that I want you to consider, could I use this as a valuable tool to teach my child how to be independent? When I get on the phone with a parent, and they say, well, 
there's really not, this is a whole other conversation. We'll talk about this in a minute. When I have the thought that there's nothing that motivates my child, and we'll go through their day, and then they'll say, "Well, there's the iPad, but I can't take that away." You know, they'll just go bananas. I get excited. When I'm on a consult with somebody who says I get really excited, I get the, like, thing, 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 in my head because I'm like, oh, I'm a high-pad addicted child. They potty train the fastest. And here's the thing. When I start to look at that iPad, start looking at it as like this kryptonite of my home that I can't even touch, I lose all my power. But if I can look at it as this magical, golden Wonder Woman lasso, right? And I say, I take this and I only allow them very you know, specific access to it, right? It's no longer a right in my home. It's a privilege you earn to use. Boy, does that change the game. Now, when you put this in place, I always tell my parents, I'm like, don't go and yank it out of their hands. Like, right, all right, Michelle just said, let's let's just use the iPad for reward system. Like, go grab and yank it out of their hands. I don't do that. I like to be stealthy about it. So what I do is if I make the decision that I want to be a person who has something very powerful in her hands that could that could teach my child an important life skill like potty training, I'm going to wield that power wisely. So what I do, you have one of two options. I'm the type of girl that kind of steps on the throat. You packed your baby's bag today, and you dropped him off at my house and said, potty train him, I'll be back in a week, right? I'm going right for the jug that the iPad's gone, right? But I don't take it from their hands. What I do is they go to bed. They get in their little covers. They get under the covers. The little sandman comes. Their eyes are starting to slip and they're out. They're out cold. Take that iPad and it's gone. Hide it. Next morning they look up they're like, where's my iPad? I don't know. I don't know. Where do you you think you put it? I have no idea. I have no idea where it is. Most times when we hit it like this, the kids are so like confused too that they're just kind of looking around for it. Might be a little whiny, but something magical happens. They go and find something else to do with their time. And this is one of the best side one of the best byproducts that a lot of my families come back and report to me that they didn't realize how much this iPad was stealing their child away from them. All they thought about is if when I took it away, I won't be able to wash dishes. I won't be able to do laundry. I, I, I won't be able to have this thing that would keep them happy and keep them out of trouble. But what they really gained was a one step close, closer connection to their child who was lost in the device to begin with. And I want to pose that to you, even for the other children that might flip out, right? They wake up, the iPad's gone, and they go bananas. They're screaming and yelling. They're tearing the house apart. Mind you, you've already packed away your precious knickknacks, right? You're prepared for the storm. I don't do it when I'm about to go to work. I do it on like a Friday night because Saturday morning we have nothing to do. But I can just coddle them and support them as they feel the withdrawals of their iPad. And this is what, um, if that even happens, what's going to happen is they're going to have, um, like, they're going to have a heightened state where they're going to be really upset, and you're going to, you know, do your best to kind of weather the storm, give them their space, whatever they need, and then they're going to come back down. They're going to figure out something else to do with their time. They're going to mourn the loss of the iPad, and then they're going to get back to living, and it's going to be a very different experience in your home. And I usually tell my parents, if we're going to use potty, if we're going to use an iPad or something of high desire like this for potty training, we make it disappear a couple of days before potty training. And, what's, and when every time I've done this, the parents always come back and say, listen, the first day was hell or whatever. But then all of a sudden, my child just started being more engaged with his environment. It's one of the best gifts that you can give a child who is so addicted to an iPad, who has a uh, complete unlimited access to it is you get your child back 
That's one of the best things. And if you're not willing to deal with a tantrum or two in exchange for that on the other side, what are we here for? What are we parenting for? You want to just be a, have an iPad babysitter or you want to be a parent that teaches her child to move forward? And that's your choice. I want you to think, like, listen, if the child gets upset because you take away the iPad and you want to quit because you don't want your child being upset, well, hey, guess what? Life's full of shit that makes us upset. Not doing this child any favors when they can't have what they need, and I just make sure I give them everything. Or am I teaching them an important lesson that sometimes we don't get what we want in life, and you have to parent in this moment? And what if it's not as bad as your brain is making it out to be? And that's one of the beautiful gifts of a reward system brings, is that it creates a connection with your child that wasn't even there before, because they're going to be seeking you out to get that payout. Okay? The other way you can do it, that's the, uh, you know, <laughs> Michelle step on your throat method. The other way you can do this is if it's too scary for you, if you're too afraid that the child just can't handle it, you can start reducing their access. So if let's say every day after school, they always get it right after school, well, maybe I wait a half hour before I give it to them. Maybe I find some structured activities for us to do, and then I give it to them. Then that half hour turns into an hour. Then it turns into two hours. Next thing you know... It turns into a half hour, and then once you're comfortable enough, you take it away for a couple of days, just like we would do in the first method. The idea here is to really take your power back. This thing has so much power. They love it so much. Make them earn the right to use it. Okay, so I hope this was helpful today. I really wanted to hit this home about rewards, what I think about them, and and, and I want to leave you with this, because I'll get a lot of parents that will say this to me too. I don't have a child that likes the iPad. I don't have a child that likes anything. My child cannot be, there is no reward out there to help my child get pie trained. There's nothing that motivates them. My loves, my parents, this is a huge dead end thought error. When a parent says this to me, I say, okay, so there's nothing that motivates your child. Nope, nothing. There's nothing they'd be willing to do do pie training for, that's for sure. Nothing that they care about. Okay. So then I create this visual. I said, all right, so on a Saturday morning when it's raining, does your child just come downstairs, sit on a chair, facing the wall all day? No, 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 no. And I say, okay, well, tell me about their day, right? Tell me about what they do. And we start playing the, painting the picture of a rainy Saturday morning or even like a whole day at home as to what the child does. And I want you to start thinking about that. The questions I want to ask you, if you truly believe that there is nothing to motivate your child, that's really just... It's a kiss of death thought. Because if you don't, if you believe that, then there's nothing left to try. Just like thinking I've tried everything, right? I've tried pie training so many times, I've tried everything. There's nothing that you've tried that you're going to tell me that I haven't done. First off, I have trained thousands of kids at this point to pie train. Taught parents, thousands of parents, how to pie train their kiddos. With autism, not with autism, we just had a mom who gave us a review. Her son had a brain injury. He struggles to find motor movements to pull his pants up and down, but he is potty trained. So so when a parent comes and says that to me, I call bullshit. Because I can't even say that. I've trained thousands of children, and I can't even say that I've tried everything. But if your brain thinks there's nothing left that that, that I can't, I've tried everything, and there's nothing that motivates your child, that's a death sentence thought. Because when you think those things, that means there's nothing left to try. And I know if you're listening to me, you don't believe that. 
You may believe that your child's capable of doing more and some of the things I say resonate with you and it does, great. Come to that webinar, reach out to me, I want to help you. But you could also have a foot planted in disbelief. That autism makes it that I can't do these things. That I've been in this club for a while and I've tried and failed at a lot of attempts and how is this going to be different? What I want to pose to you is having a foot in disbelief and having a foot in belief. Disbelief will always win. Because your brain is not made to give you what you want, which is a potty-trained communicating child. Your brain is trying to keep your body safe. And it doesn't want you to feel the uncomfortableness of trying and not succeeding. But let me tell you something. The only way you find what works is you got to try a lot of shit. And I never saw trying stuff that didn't work with Juliana as a problem. I just saw it as a block that needed to just, that cleared my path. Like, okay, there's a bunch of things I can, in front of me on our path to get Juliana potty trained. And as I tried each thing, and when each thing didn't work, it wasn't a fail. It was actually me taking that block and clearing another foot of the street. And the more things I tried that didn't work, the more I did that, the more it brought me closer to clearing that street to finding what did work. And that's what I want to leave you guys with tonight. You can think about my child is severely autistic. I've tried everything. There's nothing to motivate my child. And you know what? You can just find away your house and put them in the group home today. But if you're willing to say, listen, I don't want to think that anymore. I want help thinking something different. That, honey, I got you. That's what I do. This is what I do all day long. I'm going to help you to get unstuck. And I want you to start to believe different things about your child. And sometimes just asking ourselves questions to really disprove those thoughts will really help us to understand that they're just thought errors. And my brain's just trying to keep us in the cage because it doesn't want me to be disappointed. But life's full of disappointment. You already know that, right? We're all in this club. No one else thought we were going to be here. And we survived it. We're here right now. If you're listening, you're here right now. You survived it. So I need you to, to get tap into that and start asking yourselves, and you think you've tried everything, is that really true? And when you think that there's nothing that motivates my child, I want you to really think about how they spend the day off. What do they do? How do what do they like to eat for breakfast? What do, they, what do they like to play with? Do they like to go out? Do they love bubbles? Do they love Play-Doh? Do they love to paint? And you'll be surprised at the list that you come up with of the things that they would do on a Saturday morning from a child that you thought 10 minutes earlier had nothing that would motivate them. I hope this was helpful. I hope you next time. If you're ready to help your baby now with potty training, communication, or stopping their problem behaviors, I want to invite you to watch my free 10-minute video training that shows you how I took my daughter with autism from pre-verbal to sign language, potty training with a sign, to making sounds and then speaking. Head over to michellebrogers.com forward slash training. That's Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, B as in boy, Rogers, R-O-G-E-R-S dot com forward slash training. See you there.